We turn in our hymnal to number 431. Number 431, this setting of the Lord's Prayer that we have been singing uh, for the last couple Sundays. We will sing this again today and notice particularly verse three, Lord, may thy kingdom come with haste, lay Satan's dark domain to waste and rule us by thy precious word. Till everywhere thy praise be heard, let all the earth thy name revere, for thou in glory shalt appear. Today we're going to sing verse 1 and then verse 3 and verse 10. 1, 3, and 10, number 431. Let's stand together as we sing. This morning, God's word comes to us from Psalm 68. Psalm 68, a psalm of David. We'll be reading all 35 verses of this psalm. Psalm 68, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. God shall arise, 
his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so you shall drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. But the righteous shall be glad, they shall exalt before God, they shall be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord, exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. The Lord gives the word. The women who announce the news are a great host. The kings of the armies, they flee, they flee. The women at home divide the spoil, though you men lie among the sheepfolds. The wings of a dove covered with silver, its pinions with shimmering gold. When the Almighty scatters kings there, like snow, let snow fall on Zelmon. O mountain of God, mountain of Bashan, O many-peaked mountain, mountain of Bashan, why do you look with hatred, O many-peaked mountain, at the mount where God desired for his abode, yes, where the Lord will dwell forever? The chariots of God are twice ten thousand, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan, I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your foot in their blood that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary, the singers in front, the musicians last, between them virgins playing tambourines. Bless God in the great congregation. The Lord, O you who are Israel's fountain, there is Benjamin, the least of them in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulun, the princes of Naphtali. Summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those who lust after tribute. Scatter the people who delight in war. Nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. 
O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel, and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Psalter hymnals to page 61 in the back section. Page 61, this is Lord's Day 48. And this morning we'll look just at question and answer 123. I'll read the question and we can respond together with the answer. From page 61, question 123, what does the second request mean? Thy kingdom come means, rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. Keep your church strong and add to it. Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force which revolts against you and every conspiracy against your word. Do this until your kingdom is so complete and perfect that in it you are all in all. Well, last week we looked together at the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, the petition, Hallowed be thy name. And we saw that to pray that prayer, to pray that petition, uh, put an obligation on us that we live in a way that honors God's name. This morning we look at the second uh, petition, Thy kingdom come, and we're going to see the same thing. Uh, that prayer, thy kingdom come, places us under obligation. That petition, thy kingdom come, should direct our lives and the way that we live. This morning we talk about the coming of God's kingdom. Perhaps just by way of introduction, uh, we might ask this question. We pray, thy kingdom come, but isn't God's kingdom already here? We looked a number of months ago at the book of Mark and the ministry of Jesus there, and Jesus came declaring the kingdom of God is now here. Well, if Jesus preached the kingdom is here, why do we pray, thy kingdom come, as if this is something that hasn't happened yet? To be sure, Jesus, when he came, inaugurated and firmly established the kingdom of God. But that kingdom is not yet here in all of its fullness, in all of its greatness. Certainly Christ is ruling and reigning now. We live under his kingship. But there is more to come. There is a greater development. Our confession says that this petition means that God will act until your kingdom is so complete and perfect that in it you are all in all. Yes, the kingdom of God is here but it can become even greater. There is more to come. We looked this morning at Psalm 68, a beautiful picture of the majesty and the glory of God's kingdom. And we learn about the king. I know I've said before, children, what makes the kingdom of God so great? 
It's because that's where the king lives. That's what makes God's kingdom great. And that, that kingdom then reflects something of the character of the king. Oh, we see that even in our own homes. Our homes reflect the character of our moms and dads, what they think is important. We see that in our government, our state, our federal government, in ways reflect those who are in authority. Well, the same is true for God's kingdom. It is a reflection of who God is and his character. And in Psalm 68, David begins by highlighting three glorious things about this king. First, he is a powerful deliverer. Verse 1, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. God is a powerful deliverer so great that no force can stand against him. David says, as smoke is driven away, so shall you drive them away. Smoke is driven by the wind. By the wind. Even in our own homes, we, we can blow out a birthday candle, our breath, and it goes away. That's the power of God. Nothing can stand before him. He simply breathes and the enemies are gone. As smoke is driven away, so you drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. Again, that picture of simply melting away. We look at a candle, and as that candle burns, uh, the wax simply gives way to the flame. That's the power of God over his enemies. No one can stand against him. He is a powerful deliverer. He is also a gracious defender. Look at verse 4. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. Father of the fatherless, protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. He is a gracious defender of his people. A defender of the weakest of his people, father of the fatherless. God cares for the orphans, those with no parents to protect them. God will be their defender, protector of widows. Those with no husband, God will be their defender. He is gracious to defend his people. Verse 6, God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. God settles the solitary in the home. He gives them a place, a place within his people, a place within Israel. We would say today, a place within the church. God gives us a place to belong. This is the blessing of, of belonging to the body of Christ, belonging to a local church. We belong here. There's a connection here. God settles the solitary in a home. He gives us a place. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. God, God delivers the prisoners. Freedom from oppression. Now, none of us are, are physically imprisoned. 
But we certainly recognize that in this phrase, God leads the prisoners to prosperity, is a picture of what he has done for us spiritually. We who were enslaved to our sin, we who were weighed down by our sin, our God comes, our gracious defender, and he releases us. He brings us out of the guilt of our transgression and sin into prosperity, into the joy of knowing him and dwelling with him. This is the character of our king, a powerful deliverer, a gracious defender, and a perfect provider. Verse 7, O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the mountains poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. He is a perfect provider. And the psalmist here uses a picture of God sending rain. Remember, Israel was a desert. They were dependent upon the rains at the proper time. And the psalmist says, you provided rain in abundance, O God. You shed abroad. You restored your inheritance in your goodness, O God. You provided for the needy. Rain was the difference between life and death. And it was what God provided. Life for his people. He gave what was necessary. And of course, God does the same for us as well. He knows our needs and provides for our needs. The kingdom is great because that's where the king is, that powerful deliverer, that gracious defender, and that perfect provider. Do this, O God, till you are all in all and your kingdom is complete. Yes, the kingdom is here, but there is a sense in which the kingdom continues to advance. And that advancement is accomplished by God himself. Look at verse 11. The Lord gives the word. The advancement of the kingdom begins with God. He will declare the word. He will declare the orders. He will advance his kingdom. While it begins with God, he uses human means. The Lord gives the word. The women who announce the news are a great host. God uses human means to accomplish his purposes. To, prayer, to pray, thy kingdom come, involves us in that task. It places us under obligation. It gives us a responsibility that in our lives, just as the kingdom reflects the character of the king, our lives must reflect the character of the king. And the king has established a rule in his kingdom. And our lives must, must reflect that rule, must reflect the king's structure in life. God has said that, that, that in his families, uh, husbands and wives shall live together. And there shall be a certain structure or character in that relationship. The husband shall be the head of the home. The wife shall submit to him. This is kingdom type of living. God has said in a marriage there shall be one man and one woman for life. That's a kingdom structure. It's not a man-made structure. 
our lives, our marriages, our relationships must reflect that kingdom. God has said that parents shall care for their children and children shall obey their parents. Children, when you obey your parents, you are living like a citizen of God's kingdom. You are showing you belong to the kingdom of God because that that life reflects the structure God has placed around us. Yes, there is advancement in the kingdom, accomplished by the king, but God uses his people. Read in verse 17. The chariots of God are twice 10,000, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. Movement in the kingdom. Sinai, a picture of the wilderness, is now in the sanctuary in Jerusalem. God settled his people. And God walked with his people along the way. As God, by his grace, works in us, and we continue to conform ourselves to the structures and the order he has put in place, it is God who is at work, no longer in the wilderness, but now settled in the sanctuary, settled in Jerusalem. There is advancement in the kingdom. And that advancement is is effective in the world around us. Verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when the wicked are converted. This is the advancement of the kingdom. When many are brought into the kingdom of God, our confession Your kingdom come means keep your church strong and add to it. That is the coming of God's kingdom. When God, by his word, brings others into a relationship with himself, and they are brought from death to life, to the Lord belong deliverances from death. We who were dead in transgressions and sins are made alive because of the work of the king. That's the gospel that goes out again today. Put your faith, put your hope, put your trust in that king, the one who is so powerful, he can take someone dead in sin and give them new life in his son, Christ Jesus. And the kingdom comes by conversion. The kingdom comes when many confess Jesus Christ as their Lord, as their Savior. And all the glory goes to God. As he uses his word, the Lord gives the word, and he advances that kingdom through the power of the word. The work of the advancement is effective in the world as God converts his enemies. But for those who refuse that call, verse 21, for those who refuse, but God will strike the heads of his enemies hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. Yes, God is merciful. Yes, he is gracious. Yes, his kingdom comes by conversion. But his kingdom also comes by condemnation. And even this brings glory to him. When the wicked are condemned by God is an expression of God's righteousness an expression of his justice. First, we have the word of grace. Come and listen, he's a God who brings you from death to life. But if you refuse, 
God is a God who will strike the heads of his enemies. If you refuse the call of the king, and our confession reflects that as well, what does your kingdom come means? Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force which revolts, revolts against you and every conspiracy against your word. God is merciful. God is gracious. He is also just and righteous. He cannot let persistent, deliberate, unconfessed, unrepented of sin go without punishment. And in doing so, his kingdom comes. He is, he is highlighted in his glory and his righteousness and his justice. As God's kingdom comes, we read that uh, there is a celebration, and this is a blessing for those who belong to the kingdom. Verse 24, your procession is seen, O Lord, the procession of my God, my King into the sanctuary, the singers, the musicians, those playing tambourines. Bless God in the great congregation. The Lord, you are Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead. There is a celebration, there is a blessing of belonging to this kingdom. There's a procession coming in and the people are joining in because they're so thrilled to belong. A blessing to be brought in. Do we believe it's a blessing to belong to the kingdom? Do we believe it's a blessing to have God through Jesus Christ as our king? Sometimes I... I almost feel like, like we think it's oppressive. Look, if I, really, if I really serve God as king, then I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this. And we see, we see all these sins we need to give up if Christ is our king, if God is ruling. But that is the path of blessing. There is nothing Nothing this world has to offer that compares with the blessing of being firmly entrenched in the kingdom of God. It is a blessing to be there. It is a blessing to know the king, to know his ways, to walk in his paths, his paths of righteousness. For this is a blessing for the citizens of the kingdom. He he gives grace, he gives mercy. And again, we see even to the least, verse 27, there is Benjamin, the least of them in the lead. God takes the least and gives them a place of honor. And God will most certainly do the same for us. We who are the least, yet God in his love and mercy, because of what Christ has done, looks upon us with favor for the sake of Christ. And the least of us are, are, are ushered into the kingdom. We read in verse 28, because, or excuse me, verse 28, summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us because of your temple at Jerusalem. Kings shall bear gifts to you. Verse 31, nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. They will bring their tribute. They will bring their gifts. They will submit before the king. And this is part of the blessing. Submission to the king's ways. Changing our lives to conform to what he has called us to do, how he has called us to live. 
We're entering into a week of uh, preparing for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We will examine our lives. We'll look at how we live. Think of this question, am I, am I submitting to the King? Am I, am I more and more living in His way and not my way? How does our confession begin? Thy kingdom come means rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. Rule us by your word and spirit that we might submit to you. As we examine ourselves preparing to come to the table, we recognize we are fallen and sinful, but we pray that God by his grace might rule us, live in us, and direct us so that more and more we can give praise and glory to him. And that's how the psalmist ends verse 32. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. He is the one who gives power and strength. Left to ourselves, we could never see the advancement of the kingdom in our lives. We are too weak. We are too frail. But we know the king. The king who is great. The king who is glorious. The king who is powerful and who gives the power and the strength to us, his people, that we might begin to live in a way that is pleasing to him. Thy kingdom come. A prayer that, that recognizes the character of the king, a powerful deliverer, a gracious defender, a perfect provider. A prayer that reminds us that God is continuing to work to see a more fullness in his kingdom. And a prayer that affects us. Rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. Do this, O God, until you are all in all. Oh, may God help us to, to truly pray and to live the prayer, thy kingdom come in our own lives. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, great and glorious, truly you are king over all creation. Truly you are king over your people and in your love and mercy you have called us into that kingdom. Forgive us, O oh God, when we fail to submit to you, when we fail to give you the glory which you deserve. Work in us, O oh God, by the power of your spirit that more and more we may submit to you, more and more we may honor you, and in all of this, O oh God, bring glory and honor and praise to yourself. You are the King, you are great, and you are glorious, and we praise you for bringing us into your kingdom. Hear our prayer, for Jesus' sake, amen. I invite you to turn.